Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by WinBet. I'm Ryan Noonan. I'm joined, as always, here by Connor Allen. What's going on, Connor? Not much, man. Coming off a, a strong week on my end. I think we, I went like 9-1 and one or something on props last Ooh. week. Almost all unders. Uh, it was a good week to bet against people. It was great. That was good. That was good. Presented by WinBet here. I lost my train of thought. Download the WinBet app today. Take advantage of our promo code 4 for 4 Get a risk-free $1,000 bet. Uh, I had five straight winning weeks, and I donated a lot of that back last week. So we're we're going to get back on the horse here and uh, excited to bring in our guest. It is our data analytics manager, both for the 4 for 4 team and over at BetSperts. It's Sam MFN Hoppin. Sam, welcome to the show. First time journey on Move the Line. What's going on, buddy? Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Good to, good to be on the show here, boys. <laughs> Sal even has it in your name. It's fantastic. Sal, Sal doesn't miss anything. He's the best. Yeah. Shout out to producer Sal. Uh, also, wherever you're listening or watching, we appreciate it. Uh, subscribe so you don't miss a show. We have two shows a week, both in podcast form and on our YouTube page. Those links are all below in the show notes. This is our weekly game-by-game game preview. On Fridays, we go live around 7.45 Eastern for our prop drop show. We uh, go around, share some favorite props, and then take your listener questions. So, Definitely check that out if you haven't yet. Um, again, we really appreciate that one. Super engaging show. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to bring s- uh, all the stuff that Sam's doing in the back end for us. If you are part of our sub over at 444, we've you know slashed the price here at the end of the year. So, again, all that in the show notes. Take advantage of it. Sam was really instrumental behind the scenes in building out all of our prop tools. Uh, does a prop article for us every week as well. So, finally good to showcase him here. As well, so uh, like Connor said, last week was a, a great week for the dogs. Great week to bet against people. Uh, dogs ten and four against the number. Seven of those won outright. That's happened a couple weeks in a row now. Twenty dogs have covered against the spread, and fifteen outright over the last two weeks. So um, I got firmly put in my spot uh, after uh, you know railing on and getting. Silva bodied uh, in this spot last week for my closing line value, uh, which I had massive closing line value. Uh, both of those games closed in double digits and both of those teams lost outright. So closing line value, we always want to get. It just doesn't pay the bills. So you got to remember, <laughs> they actually have to do the job at the end of the day. So uh, don't let the folks shake you off the closing line value. Uh, four buys this week, Chicago, Cincinnati, Houston, and the New York Giants. So, uh, let's jump right into it with our first game. We got the Falcons on the road against the Cowboys. Cowboys, nine and a half point favorites here at home. 54 and a half is the total. I'm not really sure which of these two clubs surprised me more last week. I did not expect Matt Ryan to sling it around against the Saints. Uh, the Saints themselves are such an enigma. But uh, I have to say, really, that Cowboys week nine performance or lack thereof probably surprised me the most. I mean, they were dominated on both sides of the ball. We were watching that game and just wondering when Dallas would get the ball back. When they got it back, Dak was bad. Uh, Negative 13% completion percentage over expectation last week. Second worst mark in the league last week. And it's magnified when you lose the uh, time of possession battle by 23 minutes. It's like you get on the field and you're off the field instantly because you're three and out all the time. So, uh, Connor, talk to me about the spot at the top. 
Yeah, I mean, this, I think you summed it up pretty well in terms of just like how badly Dallas face planted. I think this line would have been over 10 probably, uh, or at least 10 and a half, you know, if they had actually taken care of business here. Um, and now in this spot particularly, I think it's a good bounce back spot. Bottom five Falcons defense. Uh, but I think a lot of that's reflected in the market. We're seeing a 53-point total or 54.5-point total. Their team total is already 32. Like, this is not a team total of a team that just, you know, laid a goose egg, essentially, against a Broncos defense, which, you know, hadn't been as stout as we uh, expected them to. So I, I think that in this spot, I still like the Cowboys under 10 against the Falcons team, which I'm willing to bet against uh, as last week being an outlier. Um, and then for the Cowboys here, I think that, you know, again, vice versa. So I think that we see a little bit of a – reversion to what we think that they are. I mean, last week was just an outlier week just in general. So uh, for me, I like the Cowboys at, at nine and a half. What's interesting about this number, though, if you kind of shop around, there's some eights and there's some tens. So hmm. not that there's that like a middle, uh, but, you know, if you kind of notice and go over to four for four, we have a nice little odds page where you can kind of look around. And there's, I mean, if you get the best of the number. That's all I got to yeah. Say. Good point. All the odds we're using here are from win bets. But again, uh, always try to shop the best of the number whenever you can. You know, the Falcons themselves, they tried to give it away last week. I mean, they choked up a 17-point lead in the fourth, um, mostly done through the air. They had a rushing success rate of 0% last week, <laughs> zero, uh, which is hard to do and win on the road. But, uh, you know, Matt Ryan without Calvin Ridley, you know, turned it back and was just crushing. It, was, it seems a bit unsustainable, like you said. Uh, what do you think here, Sam, uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I I was looking at the the game earlier and was honestly shocked to see the spread so big in Dallas's favor. Again, coming off their disappointing loss, the Falcons beating the Saints, who I think a lot of people were starting to talk about as a a legit at least playoff contender, maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but a team that could could make some noise. And it's encouraging one to see. Dallas starting to throw the ball a little bit more. They had for a while had just been running the ball as much as they wanted to and were content doing that because they were, they were winning and Atlanta, it's starting to look like they are um, sort of showing why they uh, added Matt, Matt, Arthur Smith as, as their coach, because he was, they were struggling early on in the season and have now won three of the last four. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if people took them as their second team in the NFC South there behind the Buccaneers. Yeah. You like to see them doing some of the things that work for Arthur Smith in Tennessee, some of the play action stuff. And again, they're obviously without Calvin Ridley, it's a little bit tougher to do, but uh, yeah, it looks, it looked good. I mean, it's surprising too, because the saints have been really strong defensively. This is a great spot for Kyle Pitts. Uh, Dallas 32nd in defensive DVOA against the tight end position. He's also popping in, you know, uh, by low air yards model over at ETR. I'm sure he's going to pop in our by low model when that comes out tomorrow at four for four underlying stats here, really encouraging. He dropped like a wide open touchdown early in that one. Um, I think he would probably see a, a pretty significant number in him in the prop market. I think it's 66 and a half. It probably would have been in the seventies if he hauls in that touchdown. Um, prop wise, Dallas is getting a little hard. Like, Gallup should be back for this one. Um, to Sam's point, like maybe they start throwing a little bit more, but they were leaning so run heavy. There just isn't a lot of meat left on the bone when you're looking at all the guys that they want to get involved in. So um, kind of a stay away or, or going to be chasing unders there. 
for the next couple of weeks, I think. But uh, I'm, I'm with you, Connor. Like, I feel like it's on the wrong side of 10. I feel like we should have – this is probably 10 and a half if they take care of business. But, like, I don't know. I, I still don't think the Falcons are good. And the defense is terrible. And stay away from me. I don't have anything now. But, uh, again, we're, we're 32 team total is really healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I was looking at the thing about this earlier, too. I mean, and Connor mentioned that you can get it. You know, it sounds like some books have it at minus eight, minus eight and a half. Um, I think it's great teaser leg potentially too. you know, we talk about some maybe teams at the end that you can pair with. But if you can tease it down to, to two and a half or three, I think is might be a solid play there. No, good call up for sure. I mean, as someone that had a 30 and a half team total on the Cowboys last week, it was rough to be sitting in the fourth quarter with a goose egg there thinking, I think that one's dead. I think we can cross that one off the list, guys. Uh, all right, next game uh, should be one of the better ones of the slates. Cleveland on the road against the Patriots. Patriots one-point favorites in New England. 45 is the total. Uh, obviously, playoff implications here come December when these teams are looking for AFC seeding. Strong road wins for both last week, especially for the Browns. Winning big in the division, given how much off-the-field stuff they were dealing with heading into the week. They showed up in a big, big way. They outgained the Bengals on the day, despite having 24 fewer plays which can happen when you have an alpha like Nick Chubb shoving it down your throat over and over again. Obviously, that changes here a little bit. Chubb is out after a positive COVID test. We are going back to Dearness Johnson. Pats have running back questions of their own heading into this one. Um, they've won four or five, dominated Sam Darnold last week. Uh, they held the Panthers offense to a 26.3 success rate, which is remarkably bad. Um, Mac Jones' stat line, not super impressive, but he really didn't need to do much in this one. Um, Pats have been bad at home all season, though, and this Browns defense is playing really good. Their week nine performance against the Bengals, statistically, from an EPA standpoint, was by far the best on the week. Sam, talk to me about this spot. I mean, haven't you guys heard that uh, Mac Jones is now better than Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> I don't know if uh, you saw that clip going around the, the internet today, but some guy called into a radio show and said that he thought Mac Jones was a top five quarterback. But oh man, he he's not going to be able to show that he – is a top five quarterback. He is one. The Patriots over the last five weeks have a 48% neutral script pass rate, which is the lowest in the league. They early on in the season, sort of the opposite of Dallas were passing the ball quite a bit over expectation. And that's just dropped off a ton. They've seen, they've obviously got some, some question marks, like you mentioned in the backfield with Damian Harris, and Ramondre Stevenson both in concussion protocol, but they have a really solid, if both of those two guys are healthy, a really solid three-headed backfield with those two and Brandon Bolden. I think there were also some, you know, there were a dozen rumors about Odell Beckham Jr. today as well, and it sounds like he might may not make his decision for uh, a day or two, but the Patriots were, were rumored there as well. Um, you know, could be an immediate revenge game spot if he yeah. uh, if he joins, which I'm just now realizing. But um, I do, I don't, I don't know if I have a lean either way on which team I think is going to win. They both had some impressive wins the past couple of weeks and should be, I think, from a real football perspective, uh, a fun one to watch. Yeah, Connor, what are your thoughts here? Odell would be amazing instant revenge thing but now sounds like he's going to push it off for a couple of days probably isn't going to be able to step right in though you know pats did that before with with uh antonio brown for his one game against your dolphins a few years ago <laughs> uh what are your thoughts here 
Oh, there you go. You worked it in. Um, so first to note, um, so I think Nick Chubb is vaccinated, so technically he could still play. Yeah. Um, hypothetically, I mean that's it's a stretch, but I mean he True. could if he had returns two negative tests uh, in like 24 hours or something like that, he could potentially come back. But uh, in this spot, I think my biggest note is that so Sam mentioned that the Patriots have gone more run heavy, and I think that's probably what they want to do in general. But my thing here is the Browns right now are fifth in run DDVOA, just twentieth in pass DDVOA. Uh, I think there's a large historical, you know, sample of Bill Belichick attacking an opponent's weakness and like really trying to avoid a strength um, if there's not a weakness. So I and we saw that against Tampa Bay early on in the season. I mean, even though the the Patriots were in a little bit of negative game script, I mean, Mac Jones threw the ball 40 times um, against a, a team which you know at that point had a much better run defense than pass defense, um, and so. I think that they could go pass heavy here, or at least like skew a little bit pass area than they have been, uh, rather than kind of like jamming it down, uh, you know, the Browns, you know, just straight into the Browns' teeth of their defense. So uh, I'm interested to see what those props come out at. Uh, I don't think it's super actionable for the game total or anything, but I'm kind of interested to see if we can catch some receptions or some pass attempts for Mac Jones because they're probably going to be really low after what we've seen uh, the past few weeks. Not to mention, uh, I think the Browns' offense is plenty capable of holding their own especially if they get Nick Chubb here. Um, I mean, the Patriots' defense is, you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Sixth in pass DVOA, 17th in run DVOA. Like, they've really been all over the map, I think, this year. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my biggest thing is just looking into the passing pro. Yeah, so I, I agree with you, and statistically it's correct, but, like, I feel like the Browns' pass D is even better than what their metrics show, too. We're dealing without Denzel Ward for quite a bit. Ward and Newsom balled out last game like shut down and gave Burrow fits, shut down Chase in a big, big way. I mean, both of them made incredible plays. Obviously, the Ward pick six swung that game in a huge way. This is a good spot for the Browns. Um, you know, I, I, I will stay away from a betting perspective, maybe get in the props. But uh, you know, to Sam's point earlier about Dallas, um, if you can get them below nine, get them down into the range where you can get them teased through the three, I mean, if you can get the Browns and, and tease them up through the seven here, it's probably a pretty good spot, too, um, if this line jumps back and forth between one and a half or two or something like that in the next 24 hours. That could be an interesting teaser. Like, not for me, but uh, but I, I get why someone would. When, when was the last time you bet against your Patriots? I wouldn't bet against them. <laughs> I just, I just mean, like, I just, just I wouldn't. Never, like, I, never, you know, like, what never. Is, Amazing. Yeah. But I also don't bet on them very often either. That's That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I did bet on them as a money line parlay in that Houston game, and it was torture. Yeah, we had some yeah. survivor entries right on that. Yeah, it worked out. But yeah, I mean, what fun is that? You. All right, next game: Buffalo on the road uh, against the Jets. Jets catching thirteen at home. Forty-eight is the total. What a disaster from the Bills last week. I mean, I don't even know what to do with that. I, I think you just kind of toss it out and pretend it didn't happen. I watched it back. It was worse than I thought. Josh Allen's just uncomfortable all day, sacked four times, three turnovers, each progressively more egregious than the previous one. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. Cole Beasley was basically the running back, like catching three-yard dump-offs over and over again. Um, Jets defense, great place to get rights. Would have said the same thing about Jacksonville, though. So um, we don't know what's going on with the starting quarterback, at least that I've seen of late. I think it's going to be Mike White for the Jets. They said they're not going to start Zach Wilson unless he is 100% healthy. I think they also just like what they've seen from Mike White. Um, obviously, this is a spot where Connor has been relentlessly attacking 
unders on quarterback props against the Bills. Uh, could go back to the well here with Mike White, I'm guessing, Connor. Oh, yeah. The, the, so the Bills actually, um, I think it was uh, Bet the Prop who does this, this research. Um, they've forced every single quarterback to go under their number this year. Um, and most quarterbacks actually have been under all of them, except for Pastor Mahomes, have been under 250. And I think most of them have been under 220 um, and multiple under 200, you know, like, like it's like half the time. So um, their defense this season has been just, you know, outstanding. Number one in DVOA overall, uh, third in run DVOA, first in pass DVOA, first in explosive pass rate allowed. And getting pressure to seventh and pass rush win rate. A lot of their, I think a lot of it is schedule, like, you know, kind of buoyed by their just poor schedule, but they're facing Mike White. You know, like, this is, that's just fine. It's exactly who they've been playing against. I know Mike White has been playing good, but uh, I'm definitely still willing to bet against him. Uh, you know, I think this is a, a great spot for that. Uh, I mean, you mentioned also the Bills' offense last week and, you know, the game against the Jags. I think just listening to, you know, Scott Hansen have like a, you know, football guy uh, orgasm over the Josh Allen, Josh Allen, you know, debate or uh, sacking interception thing was, uh, I mean, it was pretty incredible. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was like Scott Hansen's finest red zone moment, maybe. Um, but they're, I mean, their offense is so bad. Like I, I just, it, it didn't even show up on red zone that often because they were just getting like, I mean, we had the, we had the, whatever, what do you call it? Octobox on one side and then we had the red zone on the other side. But still, like I, I wouldn't even know they were playing if it was just red zone. To be honest, I mean, going into Sunday, if if you would have told me that this game wasn't on red zone, it would have been because <laughs> the Bills were blowing out the Jaguars, and yeah. there just wasn't anything to show. I w- so I was looking at my phone just to, to double check. So they didn't announce that Mike White is for sure starting. I think okay. from from my perspective, from a betting angle, would be looking at the receiving props for the running backs. I know they didn't get quite as heavily targeted last week against the Colts, but in the two weeks before that had been getting heavily targeted from Mike White as someone who wants to just sort of dump dump the ball off. I do hope that this is a, a get-right spot for the Bills and, and Stephon Diggs specifically, I think, um, hopefully is it has a chance to to blow up here. Yes, the um, Jets were a little dicey last week as far as usage. Like it had been a lot of Michael Carter, but Ty Johnson saw a lot of the two minutes and long down the distance stuff last week. So it's like it muddies the waters there a little bit too. So it's my original instinct too. It's kind of why I dug into those stats because I was thinking maybe Carter dump offs could be a nice spot, but still there might be enough volume where he can push through that for sure. Um, stuff yeah. That stuff is interesting. I would have thought Diggs would have crushed last week too, but just – yeah, and the Jets do have a 5% pass rate over expectation in the last five weeks, which is, uh, I believe, top 10 in the, in the league in that over that span. So they're, I don't, I don't know if they necessarily want to be passing the ball more, but it, they they certainly have probably just that they've had a little less success actually running the ball. We have to watch the backfield for the Bills as well. Singletary uh, might be on the board here as a play. Zach Moss left last week's game with a concussion, so to see if he works his way through the cushion, uh, concussion protocol there too. A Jets team total under might be another play. It's really one of the only team total unders I've attacked this year. Anytime we can get them at 17 or above, uh, taking them under, this could be a really nice spot. Uh, searching for 17 and a half out there as a nice lean. All right, next, uh, Tampa Bay on the road against the Washington football team. Football team catching 10 at home. Uh, there's some other numbers out there too in the marketplace if you shop around. 51 and a half is the total. 
Both clubs coming off of a week nine bye. Tampa Bay winner by default last week. Most of the other top teams, especially in the NFC, lost. I still think this is the best unit in football, this Bucks offense. And um, this is a really nice spot against this Washington pasty. Uh, I think they can make a statement here. Washington ranking 31st in pasty DVOA, 30th in both yards and points per drive allowed. A lot to watch on the Washington side uh, in terms of injury news. Fitzpatrick uh, doesn't seem like he's back, but it could happen here. A couple of starting offensive linemen look like they might come back. Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, a lot of questions there. And then uh, you never want to see someone coming off of a bye dealing with a a foot injury, and that's kind of what we have here with Chris Godwin. He crushed last time out against the Saints, but I'm not sure if that happened late in that game or if this is something that popped up during the bye. But Washington has been by far the worst in the league at defending number one wide receivers uh, they are giving up 101.5 passing yards per game. That is like 12 more than any other team. This could be a really nice spot for Mike Evans, regardless of the status of uh, of Godwin here. But uh, Sam, talk to me about this spot. What are your leans early? I mean, for sure the Bucks I think, are in a great spot, especially coming off the bye. There's, I have no doubt that Tom Brady has been sitting there and studying this team, figuring out ways to – take advantage of them. You can tell any time that a team is playing the Bucks because their pass rate just shoots up, partly because the Bucks are are out to a big lead, but partly the other part of it too is that their their pass defense is the area of their defense to exploit with their rush defense being one of the best in the league. So I think there's certainly an opportunity here. I mean, I, I don't know. There, there aren't that many... You talked about some of the playmakers that might be coming back for Washington this week, but outside of Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, I think there's just not a lot of offensive firepower here. So um, if that team total for the Washington football team hits gets over 21 at some point, uh, potentially hitting the under there, but um, looking at potentially some rushing unders for Gibson and I don't know if they'd post any for McKissick at this point, but certainly something I'd, I'd be looking out for. Yeah. Good call McKissick too. Obviously his usage fits this game script uh, the way we probably think this one goes. Connor, any leans here, bud? No, I like the, the Gibson under call it. The issue is that some of these books have just been like over, uh, you know, like just over moving the number uh, in terms of like against Tampa Bay. Like they've just lined some crazy low numbers that, you know, look good still, but you know, that they're, they're like bait. Um, and so that's something to look out for though, too, because especially with Gibson banged up, you know, I feel like that's, that's probably a sharp under. Um, no, I think you guys have most of my notes here. I think Tampa Bay probably goes pass heavy. It's a shame they don't have all their passengers healthy. Cause it would be, I mean, a passing bonanza for, you yeah. know, 400 yards for Brady, but I think Evans is in a good spot here. Uh, you know, it's probably the only healthy one for sure. Um, and, you know, even with AB out, I think his, his uh, usage, I'm not sure if Sam can speak to that more, was, you know, increased, um, you know, without uh, AB. And then uh, now without with Godwin potentially banged up, I mean, he's the only he's the only guy. I mean, it doesn't look like – it honestly doesn't look like Antonio Brown is really going to be coming back anytime soon. There was a video posted, I believe, earlier this week, might have been yesterday, and one of the fantasy – sort of doctors, I guess, I guess I'll refer to them as, um, (laughs) you know, mentioned, you know, he saw like the swelling in his foot and 
the lack of balance that he was able to to have on his ankle just like this guy's like several weeks away from actually being game ready so both godwins and heavens had have have had excuse me some really strong usage the past couple weeks i know the people in our discord are often you know eager for some points betting opportunities and there have been very few this season now if you really want to you know lay lay it big and you know hope for hope for the best maybe a mike evans over even though that line is going to be very high there's a chance for him to put up 150 175 yards if he is the only receiving option for the bucks yeah oh jimmy no risk and no biscuit, Jimmy. And the, he loves those points bets. So uh, yeah, our our points betting coalition over four for four has been awfully quiet as of late. Uh, I've been looking. I look every down every time, and just like I don't want to force it because you can lose money fast. Yes. Uh, points betting, you know, taking one or two wrong overs or unders. Uh, so be careful out there, folks. You know, we'll 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 get down on some stuff soon. Yeah, I, there could still be buying opportunities here with Brady just from a volume standpoint with like attempts, completions, yards. Like I still think they, even with a banged up unit, I still feel like they'll find a way to, to chuck it around against this Washington team. So yeah, because uh, actually did. Washington's been pretty stout against the run. Yeah, they did actually, I believe they sent uh, Brashad Perriman who was on the team a couple years ago as well. So hopefully somewhat familiar with the system uh, at least. And, and I think could be in a decent spot. Uh, this week, especially against the, the Washington football team. I got some Brashad Perriman season-long unders, so I just need him to get on the field at some point and take a snap for somebody. So hopefully it's the Bengals at some point in the next couple of weeks. Otherwise, that's a void, but I would love to, to cash that one. So, yeah, listen to Sam, activate Perriman, get him on the field, let him run some wind sprints, and uh, get some money here. All right, next, uh, New Orleans on the road against Tennessee. Titans are three-point favorites at win bet. 44.5 is the total. The Titans keep winning uh, as underdogs. Obviously, now we just need to sell because they're favorites all of a sudden. Uh, but they've played the hardest schedule in the league so far. They have the easiest remaining schedule in the league from here on out. And they sit at the top of the AFC after nine weeks, which is just crazy, especially after just getting the doors beat off of them at home in week one because the Cardinals team, we weren't really sure was that good. But Problem on the other side, Saints have won three times as dogs as well. They remain really one of the toughest teams, in my opinion, in the, in the league to handicap. No idea what to make of this team. I was fairly confident that their defense was outstanding. And then Matty Ice torches them last week. Um, offense is abysmal. They have one of the lowest explosive play rates in the league. Uh, their one true explosive player, Alvin Kamara, is beat up a little bit and he's now hemorrhaging touches to Mark Ingram. So I don't have any, really any idea what they're doing. We don't know what's going on at the quarterback position. Are they going to run out Tra- Trevor Simeon again? We saw a couple snaps last week for Taysom Hill, um, some carries for Taysom Hill. I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, the Titans, like they're much different really. Like the road win against the Rams last week was a cherry on top of a shit Sunday of football. Like it was just, it was gross. It made no sense whatsoever. Tannehill didn't play particularly well. They just they turned him over a few times uh, inside their own red zone, uh, short fields, and they ran a three-headed monster at him at running back. And here we are with the you know the Titans as the top team in the AFC. Connor, any way to handicap this one? Um, I'm struggling. I can't even lie. I mean, it's just that, like you said, New Orleans has been all over the place. Um, I'm 
maybe interested in taking some some Tannehill numbers dropped. I mean, it's like like two sixty seems a little bit high. I think they do still want to run the ball. They passed a bit above ex- expectation last week, um, but I think that I think they probably still stick with the run with their three headed beast. You know, like whenever you can just you know jam with Adrian Peterson uh, and <laughs> McNichols and Foreman. You know, I mean, you got to do it. Uh, I think it. that yeah, you got to do it. Uh, and so there's no better spot than against New Orleans, who's also just going to jam it. You know, the other way. Um, and like, I think that this is just going to probably be a run heavy, slow paced game, but we've said that before. And some of those games just turn into, you know, crazy, crazy games. But I mean, this one particularly, like, I just don't see much upside with New Orleans. Like, I don't think that if, if Tennessee really wanted to hang a big number on them and the Saints defense doesn't show up like they did in last week, I mean, like the Saints just, they don't have a way to come back, uh, you know, without Jameis. So um, I think that I would probably lean Titans at three just because of something like that. Um, but again, you know, this is the Saints team occasionally shows up and lays a hammer and occasionally doesn't. So that's it's tough to bet, tough team to bet on. Yeah, Kamara actually hasn't, his usage with Ingram on the team actually hasn't been that much different the past couple of weeks. He's averaging about three fewer carries per game with Ingram in the lineup now but the rest of his usage is pretty pretty similar um to what it had been before that and i think it might just be a situation where ingram is sort of getting those between the 20 carries and giving camara some rest and hopefully helping him avoid injury now granted that didn't happen this past week but um certainly not worried about Kamara's usage if he if he is on the field I mean you guys summed it up perfectly like both of these teams are such an enigma from like what are we supposed to expect from these teams every single week like it's it would be impossible to predict what we're going to see Connor mentioned the you know the the Titans having a passer over expectation uh was actually their highest of the season last week I think having an extra week with Julio removed from his injury might lean them to to throw the ball a little bit more. I mean, I certainly hope that they're throwing the ball quite a bit too because there's – I know you said you, get, you have to do it, but I don't, I don't know if you have to run with Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah, I didn't like seeing like uh, 13% target share for Mark Ingram last week. Kamara had 15 Like. There should be a larger delta between those two guys. And I'm sure some of that was in, you know, base set, not necessarily long down and distance stuff. But, uh, you know, you got to be able to get Kamara the ball. I didn't practice today. And um, Silva talks to Nick Underhill often. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I talked to Nick Underhill today. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so Nick Underhill uh, told Silva to bet the Titans uh, and said, couldn't tell him why. But uh, there might be some news there coming. So I grabbed the Titans today when I saw the news that Kamar didn't practice because he's dealing with a knee injury, uh, and I caught a two and a half. So I think – I don't know if that's still out there because it was only a couple hours ago. Um, and obviously, if Kamar is out of this game, this is this three goes away fast. To probably we jump up to three and a half, four. It probably doesn't get away from us because this, we just handicap why this game is kind of just – gross one but uh there are two and a half's out there i think it is worth a look um a speculative play if kamara ends up being i'm not saying that that was what the report was but um 
it seemed to be a strong suggestion, and then the Kamara news came out shortly thereafter. So I think that that's yeah. probably worth a look. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking at the the tool that Connor mentioned uh, at the top of the show here. It looks like both DraftKings and FanDuel currently have it at two and a half for Tennessee. So it is it is still out there. Yeah, worth a look, I think, folks. All right, uh, next one. Jacksonville at Indy. Indy, 10.5-point favorites at home, 48 is the total there. After grueling start schedule-wise for the Colts, continue to see a pretty easy path. Double-digit home favorites again this week. Jacksonville won last week, obviously, as we talked about earlier, though it wasn't like some sort of offensive revolution uh, that propelled them to victory here. Still, they scored nine points, still a ton of Jamal Agnew and Carlos Hyde. Uh, they're still terrible. Um, are they take the points terrible? I don't know about that. Like they have questions at quarterback as well. I think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence play, but he's dinged up a little bit. Uh, again, laying 10 and a half on Carson Wentz is a brutal experience. One that I do not want to have. I, I, he's playing better. Um, I think there's really no coincidence that the Colts have obviously seen a lighter schedule, but a higher reliance on Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman has kind of propelled them here to be, a little bit more efficient offensively. You'd kind of love to see. So obviously a great spot for both of those guys once the prop market emerges. But Sam, any uh, leans early in this game? I mean, Jonathan Taylor's been crushing. It's been fun to watch. I, I went to Wisconsin. You can see all the Wisconsin paraphernalia in my in my background here. I don't have one of the, the fancy four for four uh, backdrops <laughs> like like you fellas have. But it's just, just uh, peer pressure, Louise. I'll send you one. <laughs> I, I still got to peer pressure him into sending me a, a T-shirt at some point. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get into the chat last week, quick enough. But in, uh, just don't ask for a Bettsburg hat. You're not getting a Bettsburg hat. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's all right. I don't, I don't wear hats that much. Anyway. Oh, that's right. I Christina forgot. Would, You're an adult. You know, Christina hats. would roll her eyes if I if I put a hat on. Um, oh, but anyway, back to this game. I, I mean, I think I feel judged, again, Hunter. Hold on. I feel. Ju- do you feel judged? I'm a big hat guy. Sam, you're lucky to have just a nice head full of hair. You know what? You're blessed. Which uh, which wasn't the case two years ago or three years ago because I I was a, a buzz cut kind of guy. But then mm. again, my my fiance, my lovely fiance influenced me to, to grow it out <laughs> a little bit. But anyway, getting back on track here uh, with the Colts and the Jaguars. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a spot because again, I'm saying like the Colts should win this game easily. And now I'm just like questioning everything that I'm thinking because of <laughs> what happened against the Bills last yeah. week. But again, like this, this Colts team it has actually played pretty well. Carson Wentz has not looked like the Carson Wentz that we've seen in the past. He's got a pretty good touchdown to interception ratio this year as well. Indy is still, again, they're, they're relying on the run at this point. Naeem Hines had a little bit more usage. And I, I saw a tweet actually earlier today, a uh, friend of the show, John Daigle, uh, mentioned Naeem Hines' usage in the games with and without Marlon Mack. And his his usage has actually bumped up uh, a little bit in these games without Marlon Mack. I believe he was a, a healthy scratch last week too. So we'll see where that lands, but that could be an opportunity to, to grab an, an over on Hines rushing rushing prop this week. Yeah, I think they're done showcasing Marlon Mack for the trade deadline that came and went. And then you've seen like the two weeks prior, we barely touched the ball, like one touch each week, I think. And then last week, completely inactive. So good call out there. Connor, any leans uh, early in this game? The 
I mean, you guys said it, like I was. Que- I'm questioning my existence of you know like what matters you know after the Bills you know offense couldn't produce against the Jags 32nd ranked pass defense. Um, so yeah, hypothetically, this is a good spot. Um, you know, I think another uh, another potential like spot to look at would be I guess passing props for the Colts just against that defense. Um, another grown ass man, member of the MFN family, uh, Michael MFN Pittman. Uh, you know, is a, is a good, uh, I think a good over here play probably. I mean, I don't know. His props are always seem too low. You know, they're always at like low sixties. I think they should be in the seventies. So if you're able to catch one in the sixties, I still like the over there. Yeah. Good call. Uh, JT Pittman. There's really nothing to do on the Jacksonville side. They probably get Robinson back here, but, uh, I mean, again, there's just not a lot of volume in the passing game. And we talked about the dudes that they're featuring here. It's, uh, it's just kind of a tough scene. So. No real lanes on the side or the total, but we'll look at this in the prop market. Uh, next, uh, Detroit in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, eight and a half point favorites at home. 43 is the total. Last time we saw the Lions, they were losing at home by 38. Uh, hopefully they enjoyed the bye week. Um, worth noting, they're still available in some spots at like six to one to remain winless. Go 0-17 for the first time ever. So six to one. Uh I mean, obviously, if you look at their schedule, there's not a lot of wins there. You wouldn't necessarily have them uh, favored against anybody in particular. But uh, interesting play at 6-1. to one. Uh, I think this is a nice spot for the Steelers, obviously, if you're going to have a short week, be able to stay home and then be able to welcome the Lions to town. Suddenly, Pittsburgh's won four straight. They are in the mix in a very wide-open AFC North. Um, I think a really clean, simple handicap for this one is the Steelers are a top-six unit in pass rush win rate defensively and the lions are a bottom six unit in pressure rate allowed i think pittsburgh gets a lot of pressure on jared goff here and it becomes a problem and the lions um can't do enough to slow down anything that pittsburgh has going on uh potential really nice spot again i will go back to the well with deontay johnson who's been my boy the last couple weeks but it looks like chase claypool is probably going to be out for this one dealing with a toe injury that could keep him out for a couple of weeks. His usage is crazy high. I mean, uh, just dozen targets almost every week. Lions are treacherous against the pass. They are 29th in pass DVOA and success rate allowed. They've allowed the highest rate of explosive pass plays on the season. Uh, could be a really nice spot where Deontay gets there in the first half. Uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh man, this it, it warms my heart just to see how bad the Lions are. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's truly incredible. I mean, I think that, so. This is actually moving closer to seven too, as as we speak in most books. Uh, I think it's, this, as Sam mentioned, a great teaser leg. I think uh, you know this is one of the games he was alluding to. Loved being able to get the Steelers down below the key number three. Detroit still ranks bottom three in almost every metric. They haven't scored more than nineteen points in a single game since Week One, and only more than seventeen points twice all season. So. For as much you know credit as they get for being gritty and you know everything, like they still suck. They're so bad. Um, and like just because you know they've had a few close games here and there, I mean they're still a terrible team that's got trounced at home by a probably pretty bad Philadelphia team. Um, so now also I think another thing here that matters on the road in Pittsburgh in coldish weather, um, projected to be in the high 30s with some wind. Uh, we've seen Jared Goff, a California boy, went to Cal. Um, you know, played football in LA, just turned into a cupcake, you know, whenever he has cold weather. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember it, um, but the game against Chicago in mm-hmm. Chicago a few years ago, 
I mean, the dude had his hands in his pockets the entire time. And, like, like didn't he look like he wanted to snap the ball with his hands outside of his little, you know, like, cubby there. Um, and was – I mean, he was just, like, couldn't have been better than, like, uh, you know, a college quarterback at that point. And he was so, so bad. Uh, and, I mean, it's not going to be that cold this game. But still, you're kind of getting to that area where it's playing good defense. It's going to be freezing. Um, like, this is a bad spot for the Lions here. And I think that the Steelers are definitely in play at minus eight and – uh, one of my favorite teaser legs of the week. Like it. What do you think here, Sam? Yeah, I mean the teaser leg. I think it is is perfect for for this game right here. Um, Pittsburgh does run at one of the slowest paces over the last five weeks. They're they're bottom five in situation neutral pace right now. I think this is also a potential. I know you know earlier this week on on Monday night I had faded Najee Harris and his yardage total, but from a rushing perspective, I think this is a chance for him to have just an absolutely massive game that, you know, you mentioned Deontay Johnson and how much work he's getting. That offense at this point is basically just Johnson and Harris. I mean, Harris is not seeding opportunities to anybody else in this offense. There was, I don't know if you guys watched the game Monday night, but there was this weird like pass play that they did to Kalen Balage late in the game. I was like, I was just thinking like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Um, so in, in any case, I I do think that it's a good spot for him. Deontay Johnson, again, set up very well. No real part of this Lions team is that enticing. I think the under on their team total is um, is a solid play here as well. Uh, Sam, what are those trophies behind you? Are those participation trophies, or what did you win? Uh, <laughs> one of those is a Dundee. Uh, it's a Dundee? Was, oh, yeah, I love it. Respect. It's uh, an award for winning a fantasy football league once. Okay. And then the other one is this this one right here. It's actually someone batting, but my brother made it for me, and it says "World's Best Sam" on it. <laughs> that sounds like a participation trophy. You're participating being a Sam, so congratulations. Yeah, yeah. very nice brother. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you got to get to know your guests. You know, the opportunity presents itself. I'm talking about the Lions, you know. That's a valid question. I'm glad we don't have Silva on others. We'd have a 30-minute participation trophy rate ahead of us. Yeah. All right, next one. Uh, Minnesota on the road against the Chargers. Chargers three-point favorites at home. 52-and-a-half is the total at win. I think if Minnesota misses the playoffs, which seems very likely at this point, they have a plethora of games that they can look back on in frustration, wondering really what could have been. They let a two-touchdown lead evaporate against Lamar and the Ravens last week. They continue to be a highly efficient offense despite an archaic approach to play calling most weeks. They love to run the ball. We can expect them to do so early in in this spot against the Chargers, who are more than willing to let you run it over and over again. Big question, obviously, is who's carrying the ball for the Vikings? Dalvin Cook's story has lots of layers to it, none of which we want to broach here, per se. Um, But regardless of who it is, they'll probably have success doing so. It probably is Dalvin. Uh, unlikely that this thing shakes itself out before that. But uh, on the other side, really good to see Justin Herbert bounce back. Uh, struggling a couple games there, really diced up the Eagles. Like Keenan Allen had like 15 targets on the first drive. Like they were just peppering that dude. Um, it's probably going to be a spot here, I think, for Mike Williams to bounce back. But uh, Connor, talk to me about the spot. Yeah, I mean, both running games just have awesome matchups here. Um, Minnesota de- defense dead last in just line yards allowed, 26 in run DDVOA. Chargers dead last in run DDVOA, 
uh, 29th in adjusted line yards or consistently putting like six or, <coughs> six or seven guys in the box, um, you know, and they're not very good at run defense when they're not. So it's really been kind of an issue for them. I mean, I just, I can't imagine where they're going to set Dalvin Cook's prop at, uh, but I'm not sure it's high enough. Uh, just such a good matchup here against the Chargers. Um, and I think that, I mean, I would say the 52 and a half point total is a little bit high, but at the same time, like, I think both teams have a lot of success. And then you also have a, a Chargers team that, as, as you mentioned, like their, their secondary has not been, um, you know, or the Minnesota defense has not been quite as good, you know, secondary wise. So I think that like with them banged up a little bit, like uh, could be a good bounce back game for Mike Williams. So, yeah, I mean, you, I, I'm enticed by these overs. I mean, like literally any over in this game, both <laughs> of these teams are top eight in neutral skip pace. The last five weeks, the uh, Chargers have one of the highest pass rates over the last five weeks as well. So they are just slinging it. The, both of these offenses have been extremely efficient, especially at times that the, char- the Vikings have had, uh, have scored at least 30 points in four of their, four of their last seven games. Chargers have been over 24, I believe in uh, six of the last seven or something like that, five of the last seven. So these teams are, are scoring quite a bit and uh, are not having that many issues doing. So I think, I, I mean, there. I don't think there's a big downgrade to Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook is not able to play. So if that's okay, if Cook is ruled out and these lines move to be lower, then I think that's an opportunity to grab grab the over for sure. Yeah, good call. I, I got Burns trying to take an under against the Vikings early this year because, again, just thinking about how the game's going to play out. But, again, when they are forced to throw, like, they're so efficient um, in in these spots where they unleash Cousins and they look really good. Uh, And the defense is is poor, like Connor talked about. You still have, you know, last Daniel Hunter a couple weeks ago with a torn pec. Harrison uh, Smith is out. Uh, Pat Pete still out. They have some other guys with COVID issues going on there. So, yeah, they're definitely depleted there. And Mike Williams has been – kind of quiet the last couple of weeks, but this could be a nice spot for him to, to make some splash plays coming back. Also a nice spot to go back to the well on Tyler Conklin. We cashed his receiving yardage prop last week against Baltimore and the chargers are also a cushy matchup. They are 30th in defensive DVOA versus tight ends this year, 72 and a half yards per game to the position. So Tyler Conklin's probably going to have a prop that opens up in the low to mid thirties. And I think we can comfortably go back to the well on that one. Uh, next, Carolina on the road against the Cardinals. Cardinals 11-point favorites at home. 44 is the total. Some quarterback issues and questions for both clubs here. First, Sam Darnold uh, with a shoulder injury. He's going to be out for multiple weeks. We got P.J. Walker in for the Panthers. And if there are any concerns with Kyler Murray's health, the Cardinals should probably do what they did last week and be in no hurry, especially in this spot, to rush Kyler back. It was a nice performance last week against the Niners. I mean, on the road in the division, without your MVP candidate, your top receiver, you lose Chase Edmonds in the first quarter. Uh, just a really nice bounce-back spot for Arizona after that loss to Green Bay on Thursday the week before. With that said, 11's a lot, especially if it's Colt McCoy. I don't know that I want to be laying 11 points. Even the, uh, a McCoy-P.J. Walker game is, uh, is pretty uh, – pretty much a corner TV game, Connor, but uh, what are your early leans on this one? Yeah, that was my thought. I was, like, it, it opened up a 10, like, no concern whether Kyler is even there. Like, yeah. I, I mean, 
I thought that that was a bit aggressive. I wasn't it wasn't aggressive enough for me to consider betting the, the Panthers, but um, you know I think that in this spot, PJ Walker, you're probably getting. I mean XFL legend. I think is it fair to call him a legend? I mean like, <laughs> he was good. I, well, who else? I mean you got to have someone as a legend, right? Like you know I think that he he probably was the legend of the XFL. Um, I so he he has one start last year against Detroit, um, which doesn't mean much, but you know again. Completed 70% of his passes, 258 passing yards. Um, this is obviously a much different beast than uh, a Detroit team from last season or this season. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that if you get Kyler and he was healthy, I'd be more than fine laying the 10 or 11. But with him banged up, maybe he plays a little bit. Maybe he doesn't. If he does play, is he like – you know, sometimes we saw Kyler last year, like after he got injured – he completely was way worse. Like he was an MVP candidate through eight weeks and then got injured and then was, you know, very like below average. Um, and I'm not saying it's the same injury or anything that, but still like some players injuries impact more than others. So yeah. for me, it's just kind of stay away. Sam, any leans? No, I, I, I'm in line with the two of you. It's, I mean, it is crazy not knowing sort of who's starting for the Cardinals at this point. I, I remember when, the day after that Packers game, when all the reports coming about, out about Kyler Murray, it was sounding like it was going to be like a two to four week timetable for him to return. And then the fact that they were even talking about him potentially starting this past week was a bit of a shock to me. So I think this is a situation where, I mean, if the, if the Cardinals are smart, I think they sit Kyler for another game because I think this is an, a winnable game against uh, the Panthers with Colt McCoy, who didn't look terrible. He had 250 yards passing, and, you know, the Panthers' defense hasn't been as great uh, the last several weeks as they were in the first couple weeks. So I think, I mean, if if if, if I had to choose a side, I'd probably take Panthers plus 11 again with that, with that total so low, um, you know, tend to take the, the points there. Yeah, some injuries up front, too, for the Panthers, which are crucial with their uh, Cam Irving offensive uh, tackle is out. And then uh, you know, Paradise's center also lost for the year, too. So Christian McCaffrey came back last week in a limited fashion. Didn't play that much, uh, 49% of the snaps. But he carried it 14 times and saw five targets, which is pretty elite usage, really, in, in any uh, – at, yeah. at an 85% snap rate. So you can imagine they open it up a bit for him here. So, again, with P.J. Walker in tow, it could be a nice spot for receiving yard overs as dump-off after dump-off to McCaffrey if they're smart. And then with Edmonds out, uh, James Conner really took over as the lead back and balled out. He had five targets coming into the game and received five targets last week against the Niners. You know, Benjamin spelled him a little bit here and there, but, like, mostly late when that game was kind of out of reach. So, yeah, Conner ran a route on 72% of the dropbacks and handled really all the long down and distance stuff. So could be a nice spot and a nice matchup as double-digit point favorite here at home for, for James Conner. Be interesting to see what that number opens up at. So, yeah, that one's going to be very interesting. We have another one right here, which is uh, interesting to me too, considering we don't know the quarterback situation. We have Seattle on the road uh, against Green Bay. Green Bay three-and-a-half point favorites at home. 49-and-a-half is the total. It's dipped a little bit here. This is – Again, like I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's on the board. To be honest, um, feels like we know that Russ is coming back. He 
Uh, all signs point to that. But Aaron Rodgers is not eligible to return to team events until Saturday, assuming he tests negative and is feeling well. So obviously we see him on Pat McAfee. He seems like he's feeling well. Um, you know, he is uh, – you prefer to have – some practice under your belt before stepping back onto the field. But uh, again, when you are a free thinker, uh, you, do not, you do not need the woke mob to tell you that you need to practice. You can hop right in and practice, uh, you know, before the game. But I'm surprised it's on the board because, again, we don't know for sure that it's Russ, right? I haven't missed that in the last hour or so before we recorded. Russ is still probably the quarterback. Did, didn't right? he, like, tweet out something about it, though? or like that? It, it sounds like it's, all, you know, close to guaranteed that he'll yeah. be – playing this week but there's like a non-zero chance that rogers can't go here we're up against like you know so like i'm just surprised that they are posting this up here it was five in the look aheads which seemed like a really weird number anyway they didn't know what to do with it given the quarterback situations and now we've moved the other way i mean if this is jordan love like i think this is gonna disappear quick yeah i think we're seeing probably seahawks minus three and a half yeah that's a big movement in a short, short period of time. Like there's yeah. going to be a little trickle where you're going to be able to, to take off bites as it moves along the way. Dude, um, Jordan Love was so bad against like the worst defense in the NFL. He was terrible. Yeah. I was I mean, going to tee you up because I know you were ready to talk about Jordan Love here. <laughs> even with with Rodgers, I think my, my best play here would be the under the Packers just – play at such a slow pace. I mean, they are dead last by a pretty good margin in pace over the last several weeks. They have no intention of trying to push the ball down the field, even when Rodgers in, is in the lineup. The The Packers defense has played pretty solid, too, and I know the Chiefs haven't been the Chiefs of late, but I believe held them to their lowest total uh, yardage in the Patrick Mahomes era in a single game. So, and that's without some of their best players on defense as well. I think the Seahawks are then going to sort of ease Russ back into things that will give Pete Carroll an excuse to continue to run the ball, which tends to shorten games a little bit and, and lower the point total. So, I mean, 49 and a half is a, a pretty big number, I think, and especially with some uncertainty if, uh, you know, Rodgers isn't able to go. Oh, that's a good point, for sure. I'll be interested to see what the prop market looks like for, like, Lockett and Metcalf, considering, you know, they were coming off of Geno. Like, how do they derive the number to, you know, Russ coming back? So, especially Lockett. Like, Lockett could be in a nice spot, lower A dots. That's kind of where Green Bay is a little softer. Um, yeah, going to take a look at those two. And, and if Rodgers is back, I think Aaron Jones, <clears throat> excuse me, Aaron Jones is a nice, nice spot. Uh, David Bakhtiari probably back, uh, particularly in the passing game. Like Seattle has been gashed by pass catching backs all year, giving up 80.4 yards in the passing game that leads the league. Um, I know that we've seen a little bit more AJ Dillon on the ground, but still see a good amount of Aaron Jones through the air here. So could be a good spot. But again, like a lot of question marks here when we could have a very different quarterback situation. I mean, what if we have Geno Smith? And Jordan Love, and we had a 49 and a half hanging out for oh, then clear my schedule. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, right? That's all I'm watching afternoon. Can I get a just a back to back or just go full TV with uh, you know, Colt McCoy and PJ Walker? And then I get <laughs> Geno Smith and uh, Jordan Love going head to head. I mean, like, oh, lordy, 
clear my yeah. schedule, put my phone in airplane mode, and just I mean, who wants to watch the Chargers and Vikings anyway? What's yeah. funny is that you know, I mean, would be a terrible product, but it would still get more views than like a you know game two of a world MLB World Series. That's so. <laughs> actually probably that, true. Yeah, <laughs> probably true. Uh, All right, next, uh, Philly on the road in Denver. Denver is two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 44-and-a-half is the total here. Talked earlier about that Broncos performance. Probably one of the more impressive wins of the year, to be honest. I mean, defensively, they lived in the Cowboys' backfield. They pressured Dak a ton, uh, forced him into bad throws all day. That was kind of how I handicapped that game, too. Like, Denver entered 29th in – pass rush runway and then they like had traded Von Miller the week before and then they just get pressure all day against the best offensive line in the league like I don't know what matters anymore but um, <laughs> those things didn't matter last week uh, and then they were clutch on offense like every time that they had a big third down it was either Javante Williams running dudes over Tim Patrick catching 20% balls down the sideline like splash plays over and over again yeah, good performance for them back at home. Uh, Eagles defense struggled to get off the field last week. They are going to have to play better, obviously, in this one. A few mismatches jump out. Eagles should be able to generate pressure against Teddy. Uh, they are second in pass rush win rate on the season. Broncos offensively allowing the second highest rate of pressure. So Philly is going to be able to get some pressure there. Um, and they offensively have relied on a lot of big plays both on the ground and through the air, but Denver has been stingy there. They are making you dink and dunk their way down the field. I don't know if Hertz can be efficient enough to do so. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with the ground game, but uh, Connor, do you have any leans on this one? Um, Denver's run defense, I think, could be a little bit of an issue. You know, 24th to run DVOA, and the Eagles, you know, at one point were second in pass rate over expectation. Now are just been massively skewing run heavy, like, one of the highest, you know, run rates in the league at this point compared to expectation. Uh, we've seen it. It's like they had just a huge shift. I think it was like two or three weeks ago. Um, and I don't, I expect them to kind of keep it the same here and probably, you know, have some success against a Denver team that you know, doesn't have a great run defense. So for me, I think that some, you know, unders in the passing game from Philadelphia, some, you know, um, I think that the Eagles are, you know, certainly live here uh, and that, you know, but, I'm not super excited to bet them, but, you know, I think that they're definitely live here given the matchup. Um, I think Denver is probably still the better overall team, but, you know, without Sertan and Callahan, like their secondary probably isn't as good either. So yeah, I'm a little bit concerned here. I think that Philly could win outright just with their new approach and, you know, Jalen Hurts kind of being just the game manager at this point. Sam, how about you, bud? I mean, Connor just took like every single point that I was going to, tried to make oh, here with, with the pass rate and the man, I'm sorry the, the, no the Broncos <laughs> rushing defense but it, I don't I haven't paid too close of attention to where Hertz passing props have been at but I think they're too high too high yeah I mean if it's if it's over 215 or 210 like the under I think is a clear play like you said because the the Broncos pass defense hasn't been spectacular by any means but it's certainly better than their rushing defense. And again, with how much the Eagles want to run the ball. And it seems like that is becoming their identity. And, you know, I think early in the season, people were shocked to see how much they were passing in general. So this is something that, again, I I would expect them to be running the ball as much as they can. And an under on, on Hurts passing yardage would be 
a really sharp play here. Yeah, last week we played Rager under 27 and a half. He finished with one for negative six uh, and <laughs> one target. Should have uh, bet that. That would have been a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if they reward you for negatives. I mean, they, they probably have to, right? I, I mean, they have to. Yeah. Um, but Read the fine print. I think that some of the ancillary pieces there, like unders on those, could be interesting because he still loves targeting Devonta Smith. Um, you know, he still loves targeting Goddard from time to time, but – you know, those numbers, again, they're, they're just, they've been too high lately. So I'm hoping that the books don't adjust fast enough because they did not last week at all. We have Hertz for 235, and that seems a little rich. It's too high. Yeah. Yeah. Worth a look. Worth a look. Not out yet, but worth a look for sure. All right. Next. <clears throat> also, for I just want to see Javante Williams just get like bell cow work. Like that dude carries. is totally yeah. all. Oh my gosh, dude. He's like so fun. I, I don't know why they don't use him at all in the passing game, but. Uh, at some point it'll happen and uh, it'll be fun to watch. All right, last one. Sunday night football. Kansas City on the road in Vegas against the Raiders. Raiders three-point dogs at home. 52 is the total here. Uh, surprisingly, last year the you know, Raiders played the Chiefs tough in both matchups, uh, including a win at Arrowhead. Uh, very different Chiefs team, though, than what we're seeing week in and week out right now. The defense has played better of late, though I think that has a little bit to do with who they played more so than any – scheme or talent related fix uh, and offensively it's just really bizarre to watch i mean they are 28th in explosive pass rate on the season which is wild now that we're nine weeks in um just really are lacking a third playmaker offensively outside of tyreek and kelsey uh who might or might not be on the the wrong side here of uh 32 or so um just consistently having drop balls from michael hardman and and really no one else is stepping up um shocked that Josh Gordon is is not like ready to step right in and, and play winning football. Like I know that we all loved what happened in, in 2014, but like it's a long time ago. Um Dude. yeah. I was in I was like I just graduated high school in 2014. <laughs> my gosh. I had him on my season long team because it's all I played at the time and it was amazing. <laughs> if you felt if you had Josh Gordon that year when it happened, it was incredible. Um you know yeah. my league had been playing for 15 years at that point and you know Connor's Still eating uh, fruit snacks and mom's wiping his ass. It's, uh, nice. uh, Shit. On paper, though, this doesn't seem like a spot for necessarily the Chiefs to get right. I mean, defensively, the Raiders are allowing the fifth lowest rate of explosive pass plays on the season. They obviously are familiar. They play twice a year. Uh, Sam, talk to me about this one. I'm just – I'm really struggling with the Chiefs in general. I think this is a spot where – Again, it's a division game. The the Raiders have played the Chiefs pretty well the last several years. I was I was trying to look up. I think I saw something, and not that this moves the needle a ton, but I don't know if Deshaun Jackson is going to be playing this week. Uh, obviously, the new weapon for the Raiders, but I do think that Hunter Renfro has had a really solid season so far, and I think could have a solid game here. I believe has had one game with fewer than five receptions on the season. So potential look at where his prop line is. I'm sure the markets have adjusted to that, but uh, something still worth worth looking at. And then Darren Waller had his best game uh, since week one this past week. So certainly looking up for him. And I think, I mean, they're going to rely on him a ton as well. Will be interesting to see how the Raiders use their backfield as well, because Josh Jacobs coming off of the bye, but had the 
injury before that, only played about 50% of snaps, was at, uh, was above 60% the, the couple of weeks before the injury and used Kenyon Drake a little bit more than they had in the past as well. So uh, I, I'd be looking at that too to see see what those prop lines are at. You keep getting these games where like suddenly he's on the, the table after like we typically avoid Josh Jacobs unless it's under, but then he gets these nice spots and he keeps leaving mid game injured. He's like the new Julio. Like he just, he, he's like Anthony Davis. He can play for maybe two to three quarters and then gets dinged up and then it throws off the usage because uh, you're just looking at these skew numbers with the running backs because it just he couldn't play for two series because he was icing his boo-boo. Uh, Connor, any leans here? Uh, this this number opened at three and down to two and a half in some spots. So, uh, I mean, I don't know, a little, little bit interesting there. It's tough to back the Chiefs right now. I didn't think that I'd be saying that. But, you know, it, it is. And with how the Raiders have, I mean, shown some signs of life after their coaching change, uh, you know, it didn't look that good last week, but still – you know, I think that they've, they've shown enough life for me to, you know, not, you know, smash a two and a half for the Chiefs against the Raiders. I mean, it's crazy. Nuts. Tough week last week for the Raiders, too. I mean, obviously, they had a lot of off the field issues going on. Um, so for them to kind of not show up against the Giants is not really out of the range of outcomes. And, and they kind of laid an egg there. Back home in the division, this one really matters because they're both you know, kind of in the same spots. I think they are obviously up for it. And again, this is not a great spot where you typically would do it, but like the Raiders are also a nice teaser. Like like you're, you're able to tease them through, you know, regardless you're teasing them through the seven and through the eight, the eights becoming more and more important with all the things going on in the league right now around two point conversions and missed uh, extra point attempts. So um, if you have the stones and stomach for teasing the Raiders here, I think that they are quite interesting as a teaser like too. So uh, Darren Waller, should be good to go. Like Sam mentioned, nice spots. Um, both clubs really actually a good spot for the tight ends. They both struggled to limit tight end usage. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have the ability to go to Kelsey, but again, probably more of a DFS play. But again, they're not in the main slate, so probably an avoid there. But uh, Waller should be good to go here in a, in a nice spot with, again, limited offensive options for the Raiders. So, uh, fellas, good job. That wraps, uh, wraps us up. So, uh, Sam? Thanks for joining us, buddy. Tell all the folks where you can find all of your hard work day in yeah. and day out. Thanks for thanks for having me on. It was a it's blast getting to chop it up with you guys. Um, hopefully, Luis gets the overtime uh, in here. And, uh, <laughs> but no, check everything out at four four. Anything anywhere you find Connor and, and Ryan's work, you can find my work as well. We got stuff in the Discord. We got prop tools for. NFL going to have some NBA stuff coming out here shortly as well. So looking forward to the very bright future of the 444 brand. Sam is grinding behind the scenes, folks. Uh, Basketball stuff is coming. Uh, I know he's been doing a lot of work there. We should have some NBA, uh, especially props very soon. I know he's doing some hard work back testing some of our projections to make sure that when we go live with our stuff, that we are bringing you a product that matches the 444 brand, and then some other big stuff coming. Uh, Sam is working his tail off uh, down the road, so continue to look out for, for all of that. So, I would have loved to have just recorded a video or, like, you know, set, taken some screenshots of some of our conversations surrounding the, uh, the prop tools and all the other things this offseason because Sam was grinding his ass off just for Ryan and I to nitpick every single detail 
Um, one of us, one of us more than the other. Let's be honest. Okay, it was entirely me. Um, you know, <laughs> nitpicking every detail about the tool, but um, and you know, Sam at one point or another may have just you know been ready to you know jump off the ship because I was you know being so rude, but that it ended up being amazing, and I think that it, it, it's awesome. So you know, yeah, we got some big plans in the works for the off season too to improve those tools and get some good stuff for next year. Yeah, oh yeah, it was a great debut into the betting sphere for us uh really led by sam and, and his big brain and uh um, i'm glad that betsperts scooped him up took him off the market and we could build cool stuff together to continue uh bringing you guys winners hopefully every week so again don't forget to check out sam at sam hoppin on twitter as well so again check out the show notes you can take advantage of our plans 444.com slash plans it is absolutely slash price wise. The betting sub gets you access to literally everything on the site. So if you're still grinding DFS, if you have season long stuff or survivor pools or literally everything, um, that's going to get you golf. When we turn on the lights for the NBA, that's going to be there. That's going to take you through the end of February. Uh, and then we will be uh, flipping the way we do things moving forward. So uh, still lots of uh, value and meat on the bone with a betting sub to uh, wrap up the year. So, yeah, I mean, it's like 80 bucks or 90 bucks right now for a betting sub. You should, you can make that in like a week. I mean, that's like, you know, nothing. Yeah. I think 80 bucks to have access to the discord is, is worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. You can bet it tomorrow night. We can short Connor's dolphins and uh, yeah. you know, find ways to, to make that money. So good stuff as always guys for Connor and Sam. I'm Ryan. We'll see you on Friday for the prop show. Thanks everyone.